Last September, Jack Haskell was camping with his wife and German Shepherd in remote Humboldt County when they realized something was wrong. We were on the Lost Coast in Northern California. We were camped out near the coast and uh, woke up to ash falling on our tents. Then the smoke began rolling in. We packed up really quickly and drove through thick orange smoke and we had two ways to drive out. We couldn't tell which was the right way to go and how far the fire was, but it felt very close. So we just had to choose one way and start driving. They found out later the smoke was from the August Complex fire, which would become the largest blaze in California's recorded history. They all escaped just fine, though they only felt safe after hours of driving along bumpy remote roads, all while wearing N95 masks. Not only is Jack a backpacker, he's also a trail information manager with the Pacific Crest Trail Association. That's the organization tasked with maintaining the PCT, the famed 2,600-mile trail that runs the entire West Coast from Mexico to Canada. And so Jack knows his experience with the August complex fire is not unique because part of his job is fielding phone calls from hikers in trouble. These last few summers, he says he's been getting more and more calls from people seeing or smelling smoke and wondering what to do. He worries rescues on the scale of Mammoth Pool could become more likely. I could absolutely see emergency scenarios with these mega fires that are growing really fast. And I know how busy our public lands are, and I can absolutely see scenarios where hundreds of people are stuck. From KVPR, this is Escape from Mammoth Pool. I'm Carrie Klein. And today, I talk with Jack about why he's so concerned about safety in recreation areas. But first, we talk wildfire preparedness, ways to avoid fires altogether, but also the importance of planning for them anyway, if you're going to be spending any amount of time in the wilderness. So should wildfires be on people's minds if they're going into the backcountry to go camping, backpacking, or, you know, even day hiking, anything like that? You know, should wildfire be an emergency that they're prepared for? Absolutely. Yeah, I think that we're in this new reality that anyone who's outside of an urban area is going to be thinking about fire. And it's just one of the principles of wilderness travel that you manage risk by knowing about it and knowing what to do if something goes wrong. We're really on our own out there. There's, there's people like me at computers and there's firefighters ready to respond and all of that. But fundamentally, as we go into the forest or into the deserts, we're in really remote places. So it's, it's on us as the recreating public to watch out for ourselves first and foremost. Right. Well, so what is the way that you see, you know, among those, you know, hiking or doing any sort of recreating on on the Pacific Crest Trail, what is the way that you see them kind of coming into contact with wildfire the most? What, What do you see as sort of the most common scenario? Well, the most common scenario is before people leave to go out, 
They're needing to check websites like, like our own and like the federal land management websites to see if a place is open or closed. Mm. Uh, these days, it really requires a lot of flexibility. If you're planning on going camping or backpacking in the summertime in the West, your trip might change. In the days before you go, you have to look online to see if something is open or closed whether it's impacted by smoke, whether it's impacted by fire. Beyond that, most likely scenario is uh, lightning strikes. You know, many fires are started by humans, but in remote places, if there's been a storm system passing through, it could start a thousand new fires in an afternoon. So it's not uncommon during dry years that you're out there and you're maybe one of the first to see a small new fire has started. Okay, so you talk about the kind of the, the most common scenario then would be people just needing to learn about wildfire or maybe hearing about wildfire in the area where they're going before they actually leave. But do, So do people actually encounter wildfires very often while they're out there? Is that still a very rare experience? Uh, no, I would say it's pretty common. I think it's the uh, fact of life these days. So the mm. Pacific Crest Trail... 2,600 miles long, but it's highly impacted by fires. And it didn't used to be. This this is a new reality for people on the PCT that they're going to see smoke. And if they're out for any length of time, they might walk up to an area that is closed. It doesn't feel uncommon these days. It, it feels more like a, a regular occurrence that you need to be prepared for. Well, okay. So let's say you're you're packing for a trip, you're getting ready, whether it's car camping or day hiking or backpacking or anything else, you know, in order to prepare for this ahead of time, what are the, some of the essential things that should be on your checklist before you leave the house? Oh, one of the big ones is leaving a trip plan. So mm-hmm. you should talk with, you know, your mom or your loved ones or your best friend and tell them where you're going that they are in charge as your emergency contact and Mm. when you will call them at the end of your trip so that somebody knows exactly where you're supposed to be. Because if a fire starts, they will be watching out. You know, your emergency contact will know that, oh my gosh, Jack was in Yosemite National Park on that segment of trail and then they can call the authorities to start the process of making the authorities aware that you're out there. Beyond that, good maps. And really, mm-hmm. as old school as it is, we all know that our cell phones die and cell phones, you didn't always download the right data, things like that. They don't have service. So a paper map so that you can see how to evacuate a place is really important. I did mention already that you should check whether something is open or closed. That's good too. Also, I mean, if you're in a group or with multiple people, I imagine having a, um, you know, an emergency route out and also perhaps a place for everyone to gather. Should you all be split up and an emergency happens? I mean, are those are those uh, good ideas as well? It is always a good idea to travel with partners. If you're alone and something goes wrong, That could be a big problem. Say you're trying to evacuate from a a wildfire and you twist your ankle. 
what happens then, right? So travel with partners, better to travel with three people than two, and having a trip plan, some idea of, okay, I have these two exit routes, and I know that this one is, say, 30 miles, but that one's only 15 miles of walking to get out. And it, it'll lead you to a place that isn't a remote dirt road that has no traffic on it. It is good to plan these things out. Right, and then I imagine there are some things that you should carry with you that hopefully should be basic sense anyway, but, you know, first aid kit some extra food, maybe some extra water in case you get stuck somewhere. I mean, are those smart things to to pack as well? Absolutely. We call them the 10 essentials and it includes like some extra food if you're stuck out for another day, a way to stay warm, like a warm jacket, a shelter, some water. You think about these emergencies that might strand you in a place for a while and what are you going to need to survive? Those essential items you should always have whether you're out for a day trip Backpackers usually have the 10 essentials because that's what your backpack is. You know, it's your sleeping bag and your tent and your water filter and some extra food. But even if you're not backpacking and doing something shorter, you should still be thinking about those essentials. Yeah. Yeah. The big message is, is you're on your own when you're out here, right? And these days we think that we're so well connected that somebody can come out and help. But the reality is, is especially if it's a wildfire, that's a large emergency. And, and mm-hmm. those emergency staff will be flocking to the fire itself to stop that fire from growing. And they might not be aware that you're out there. Your cell phone might not work or gosh, there could be too many people recreating for the few firefighters to come and help. So you need to be prepared to, to be responsible for yourself. Right. Well, okay. So we've been talking so far about preparing ahead of time before you actually go out. But say you're you're already out in the field. Uh, you wake up one morning and you see or you smell smoke. Then what should you do? Assess the situation. Don't panic. And start gathering as much info as you can from the wind direction to how thick that smoke is. What's the landscape like? If you have some knowledge, you might be able to think about, okay, this fire, if it's 10 miles to my west, the wind is blowing this way, I should probably walk whichever exit route. The main point is that you should react. Don't just assume that somebody is going to come knock on your tent telling you it's time to leave. Hmm. Uh, These fires can change rapidly. They can grow extremely quickly, and thick smoke is a sign that it is time for you to take charge and do something. You probably won't have enough information on a clear path for, yes, I'm confident that it's safe to be out here. And that's why I think that it's best to just leave. It's best to make quick moves to your car or the nearest exit route if there is any type of significant danger. And thick smoke and visible flames are absolutely significant dangers. Right, and what if you do see that significant danger, the fire is, that you believe it's coming close? I mean, at what point do you turn from trying to get out to trying to 
find somewhere safe to take shelter and how do you and how do you find that place yeah taking shelter is uh really a worst case scenario but god forbid if the flames are coming to you or spot fires those embers that are flying start landing and catching new fires around you don't panic but start looking for refuges again sheltering is is bad news there are some scenarios that are just not survivable but your chances are better if you look for places with less vegetation meadows grasses, those burn with less heat. Rock fields, a fire probably is not going to travel through a rock field if it doesn't have a lot of bushes around. Flatter areas are better than steep slopes. Fire goes uphill very fast. A lake is pretty good, especially if it has an island that you can hide behind because the heat Mm. can really be very intense. You want to avoid shoots and saddles at all costs. Anything that can channel the fire, it just goes real hot through those places. If you're on a ridge line, the fire will go up the ridge real fast. So you want to get on the other downhill side of the ridge. Stay low to the ground. Remember that just like a house fire, the smoke is very toxic. So... The air quality is better down low and hide behind anything you can. Boulders are great. Dig a hole for your face. Keep your nose in the dirt. Uh, That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So cool, cleaner air. But this is a pretty dire situation at this point. So better to have taken action earlier on. Right. I imagine that particular scenario where you are you are really seeking refuge from a fire and needing to take shelter in the middle of a wildfire. I imagine that is extremely rare. Yeah. um, My worry is that it'll be more common. Right. I I do at at work. I, I talk to Pacific Crest Trail hikers all day long and I field phone calls from people who they're not at the point of needing to call 911, but they're out in the forest on the PCT and they're just seeking advice. So mm. it is, it's a reality that this is happening a lot. Uh, and it's not always clear what to do, but generally the advice is it's time to pack up and hike on out. I did talk to you there, this year the Dixie Fire has burned a huge part of Northern California. And uh, early on in that, I got a cell phone call from a hiker and he was, it was something like an 18 mile dirt road walk to get to the highway. And I told him on a Friday afternoon, my friend, that way is safe. You should walk down that road. It's thick smoke. And I would just not stop until you get to the highway. Just walk through the night. Time to get out. Wow. Okay. So this this does happen. It does happen. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and then the flip side to all of this, or one flip side to all of this, is that we should also be wary of ways that we could all inadvertently start wildfires while we're out in the backcountry. Yeah, big time. It goes without saying that 
we really need to take personal responsibility to not start new fires. The wildland fire crisis is significant enough without backpackers being irresponsible and starting new fires. So there's some easy tactics. Definitely never have a campfire unless it's allowed. And know that in the Western US, campfires in the backcountry are typically banned these days during the summertime. You should have a stove and, and operate it in a cleared area that doesn't have vegetation above it. Make sure your stove can turn off and also not spill fuel. If you smoke outdoors, don't smoke while walking because your ash can fall and make sure your butt is dead out, um, not put out on a log. Lastly, I mean, back to the campfire thing, if you're going to have a fire because it's allowed and it's safe and appropriate, you absolutely need to put it out with water. That's key. You have to dump a bunch of water on your campfire stir it around, and then touch the coals to make sure that they are out. Mm. Never walk away. Never go to bed without putting water on your campfire these days. It's just ridiculously easy to start a fire. Well, this is so interesting. Jack Haskell, Trail Information Manager at the Pacific Crest Trail Association. Thank you so much for speaking with me. Thanks for the opportunity. Really appreciate it. And that's today's episode of Escape from Mammoth Pool. Coming up next week, lessons learned from the Creek Fire and the increasing toll that wildfires are taking on humans and the wildland urban interface. That will also be our final installment, though some bonus episodes will come later. This episode was reported and produced by me, Carrie Klein, and edited by Alice Daniel. Music by Kevin McLeod web support from Alex Burke, and engineering support from Don Weaver. This has been a production of KVPR and PR for Central California. Thanks for listening.